when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm your host, Sari Delamont, the attorney whisperer. Glad to be with you today. I am podcasting from a beautiful location uh, at the beach, the Oregon coast. And so right outside my window is the beautiful Pacific Ocean. And um, I'm still happy to be here with you. Always happy to spend time with my friends as I consider you all my friends. And I've just so been thankful for all of your reviews, for the podcast, for the book. And uh, today we're talking about the concept of integration and really living into your identity. I haven't actually named the podcast yet, so it may sound different in the title when we actually get it uh, titled. But this is a concept that I, that's i that been coming up in coaching sessions, and I've seen it play out so often in the courtroom and otherwise and that I thought it, it really made sense to address it in one of these episodes. And so here it is. The biggest thing that I am seeing is that you all, I wouldn't say all of you, but what I'm seeing across the board in general, across the board in general, there you go, is that you are showing up as someone completely different in court than who you are as a person. And 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 beyond that, you are actually looking at them as two very different things. For example, when we're talking about conversational skills in voir dire, or we're talking about how to be curious about someone else when you're having a conversation, or we're talking about how to teach or be passionate about the things that you're talking about in court, Y'all seem to think of those as the separate other thing under the umbrella of quote unquote courtroom skills. And I don't think that serves you because it's not until you can fully integrate who you are and how that person shows up in court that you really are going to start to see success in the courtroom. In fact, I'm often shocked when I watch most of you get up in front of even a mock jury, how you immediately morph into this person I don't recognize. I remember working with a very well-known trial attorney, I will not name who it is, and uh, we were working on a speech, actually, for um, a very big group that he had to to give a speech to. And he had, I think I put this in the book, but he'd put, put the speech together and he stands up and he's about, you know, 30 seconds, maybe two minutes into the speech. And I look at him and I say, said, why are you talking like that? And he said, talking like what? And I said, like that, like, like some person that I don't recognize, like what happened to you? Where'd you go? And he sits down and he goes, I know. I, it's just, I hate speeches. I just feel like they're so phony. And I, I, I come off sounding like some speech giver versus who I really am. And I said, that's where you've got it wrong. You somehow think that's what the audience wants. That's not what they want. They want you with polish, yes, you know, we want to give a good presentation, 
but they don't want to hear a speech. My Lord, no one wants to hear a speech. No one wants to hear a speech. Okay. So it's this weird thing that happens that the minute you get in front of any kind of audience, and this is true across the board, not just with trial attorneys, but since y'all are my peeps, I'm talking to you, is that somehow you become presenter guy or presenter gal, or you become the person who's using these gimmicks or things that you've learned at a CLE. You're, you're putting these things on instead of actually recognizing that you have them already. And if you would just show up as your natural self and integrate those already wonderful life skills that you are showing to the world, hopefully, and not see them as this other separate set of skills. That's where I think you're going wrong. And I, that's where I also think you're, you're coming off as stiff or as non-likable in some cases because you think you have to do this. And I wanted to suggest to you that you don't have to do this. Listen, if you really want to get good, at say voidir, which is my specialty and what I love talking about the most, then you have to, yes, you have to be curious. You have to know how to shape a conversation. You have to honestly be interested in the other point person and their point of view. But those are not things that are nowhere present outside of court. Those are things that you have to integrate and become not skills that you put on, meaning this has to be part of your identity as a human being if you really want to succeed at this in the courtroom. Meaning you have to actually be a curious person, not figure out the skill of curiosity. You have to actually be someone who likes to converse with some with people and, and practice that skill outside of court versus I'm now going to go in court and use the skill of conversing that I learned at this CLE. Do you see what I'm saying here? Because court is not a show. You are not an actor playing a part. This is what y'all have got wrong. Is there times where we, we act? Yes, like storytelling when we become characters and set the scene and do all those great things. Yes, there are times where we act. But in general, you are not a player on a stage that comes in front of this, this person and becomes a totally different version of you. Now, in the From Hostage to Hero method, yes, we talk about how your role changes, but that is authentically you showing up in different places in different times throughout trial to give jurors what they need, which then of course gets us permission, which is the whole point of the From Hostage to Hero program. How do we increase permission with jurors until we finally have ultimate permission and can ask them to take action? So I'm not saying that you don't do different things or adapt or try different communication things, but what I am saying is that these are things that you should have and if you don't have, you develop outside of court as a communicator, as a human being and integrate into your identity and who you are versus just seeing them as the separate set of skills that you then pack into your backpack the day of court and pull out when you need them there. Because this is the problem. So many of you are like, well, sorry, how do I get good at these things? Because we're so often not in court and it's, sometimes it's months, if not years between court appearances. <laughs> and I'm thinking, come on now, all of the things that you do in court, you do outside of court. 
And that's where you can get really good at them. Yes, there are, it's different in court and there, there are parameters and things that we have to, to manage and handle. But when you continue to look at this and see it as two separate things, my courtroom skills and my normal communication skills, that's where we get into trouble. Now, part of the reason why I believe y'all do this is because we want to do it to protect ourselves. I mean, that's really it, isn't it, in in many cases, in that we are going to come in front of this, yes, sometimes hostile audience, and we are going to ask them, either verbally or not, to trust us and to believe in our version of events, and that takes vulnerability. And so if we show up, you know, just as we are, and we, we are, you know, the same person inside of court and outside of court, and these people end up not liking us or voting against us, that is a big blow to us and our ego. And so this is why I believe we do this, is why we compartmentalize, why we, we don't integrate. We have, you know, courtroom self and we have mom self and we have, you know, colleague person and we have all these different roles that we play and we wall ourselves off from the other pieces of ourselves so that we can keep all these individual pieces safe. And my question to you is, how's that working? Because for most of my clients, it's utterly and totally exhausting to try to keep up all these different identities instead of living into their one true identity and knowing that we have different communication skills that we can pull out at different times. But these aren't things that we just pull out of thin air and only apply to the courtroom, that we become the person that we need to be. And that is the person that we always are are. We are curious people. We are interested in our fellow human beings. We are passionate about our subjects. All of those things are are true outside of court as they are inside of court. And we don't need to protect ourselves because we ultimately know that whether the jury likes us, dislikes us, votes for us, votes against us, so much of that is out of our control and really doesn't have to do with us personally. And we have good boundaries. If you go back a couple of podcast episodes where I talk about boundaries, that boundaries are a huge part of this. And that recognizing what is okay for you to say yes to and what is okay for you to say no to and really having strong boundaries and understanding your role is not savior of your clients and this is not their only chance for happiness ever in their lives. And if you fuck this up, then you've totally fucked their whole life up. That's a boundary and recognizing that is not the case and that is a story that you have made up. When we let go of a lot of those things, then we can integrate and recognize that it's not going to kill us and that we don't have to splinter ourselves into all these separate pieces in order to stay protected. That we can integrate and become and really view as as our identity the person that we need to be both inside and outside of court. Because don't we do not do this as well outside of court? And we tend to think of this as just something that we do in court. But we play different roles and for different people in our lives too, don't we? And I'm asking you to stop that shit. Be who you are, wherever you are. And yes, there are different types of communication that is needed in different situations. You know, my big question always is what's needed now 
and bring that forward. I'm not saying just be an asshole all over the, all over the place. Yes, be smart, be savvy. That's what my communication training is all about. But stop becoming this totally different person that I or anyone else doesn't recognize the minute you get in front of a jury because it's not serving you or anybody else. Jurors want and need real people. That is so, so important. I mean, we all love those people that we hear, you know, others talk about, oh, you'll love Sam. You know, what you see is what you get. He's the real deal. She's super genuine. Those are things that we love and admire. Listen, it's safe for you to integrate. It's safe for you to bring your whole self to court. It is because the saboteur, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the saboteur, go back to, I believe it's episode 47. The saboteur, that voice that we've all grown up with that tries to keep us in line, the saboteur has convinced you that the ultimate thing you can do is keep yourself safe. And if you don't, that you're going to disintegrate into a million pieces. And so part of what so many of you have done is in order to keep yourself safe, you splintered off into all these different factions. What I'm asking you to do is to come back and integrate into one full person and recognize that you create your own safety, that you don't need the jury to like or vote for you in order for you to remain safe, that you recognize that there's a lot that's out of your control and that you can focus on the things you can control and the rest is out of your hands and that you are not your, your, your client's last hope and, and that you don't have all of this hanging over you, that you are there to do a job and your job is to do it as well as you can and the rest is out of your hands. When you can do that, then you really start to enjoy this and start to get more success. Because when you wall yourself off and you splinter yourself into all those different pieces, what you also do is wall off your strengths. And you don't let the very people that need to see them, uh, see them because they're hidden behind those walls. And we all get to see part of you. It's like that beautiful kaleidoscope. We wanna see all the colors. We wanna see all the different parts. That's what creates success in human communication, which is what this is all about. You know, I can't help but notice how integration is also so similar to the word integrity. Be integritous. Show us who you are. Recognize that that's what the jurors want. That's where this becomes fun. And it's just so got much easier, so much easier to actually bring all your pieces together and, and know that you're safe and you're okay. Well, that's all I've got for you today. A little bit of a shorter one. Um, but I hope that helps. We'll talk soon, my friends. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.